And this is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 97. Thomas Miller back with part three of my three-part series with Rob Mitchell. And in this one, we're just going to kind of play. We're going to relax and have some fun. So we're calling this one the lightning round. Now, there's kind of a context to this, and you kind of have to be there. I'm I'm going to do a very inefficient job of describing this. But there's a guy on television in the United States who is on CNBC, and his name is Jim Cramer. And he's quite a little lightning rod of entertainment and financial information. And he has a show on there that, uh, that part of the show, they do this thing called the lightning round. So Kramer, being the all-knowing oracle of everything financial, right, he takes rapid-fire questions from the viewers about stocks. So somebody will say, Apple, and he'll brrrr about his thoughts on the current state of Apple. So Rob, obviously, being in the financial markets, is very aware of the Kramer CNBC lightning round thing, and we just thought we would have a little fun with it. Now, if you've ever seen the show, you know that there are some props. There's a set, and part of the set, Kramer has these buttons that he can smash at will, and it just adds entertainment value. So Kramer might smash a button, and the little sound effect goes, sell, sell, sell. Or he might have one for a bull market, and it's like applause and cheers and da 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 So he's got all this little entertainment value. Well, it just so happened that Rob had a prop on his desk. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the lightning round. Does that does that mean I can I can go? That was easy. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob Mitchell, are you ready to play the lightning round? <laughs> yeah, you want to know something funny? I mean, a lot of people don't get it, but I mean, I'm quite the joker. <laughs> but you, you, you know, you probably don't get that of me. I mean, you know, I, I like to just have fun. You know. So hit that button one more time. <laughs> that was easy. All right. So what are your thoughts about the, quote, New Age movement as far as Law of Attraction, Abraham Hicks, Bashar, The Secret, etc.? Go. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, I'm on the clock. Okay. Those things in general, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth here, are operating on material. Okay. And so that's all fine. And so depending on the level that, you, that you're at, that's, that's all good. And so you imagine your your future reality and you manifest it. And uh, so uh, from that perspective, I think it's uh, those things are good. I've certainly read the Abraham Le- uh, Hicks, the the Secret, uh, Course in Miracles. Um, I think all the ones that you uh, mentioned there. And so I think they're uh, they're good for people. But understand that those are actually spiritual principles. And when you're ready. And when you get to the place, realize that you can start applying that to your spiritual life and manifest even greater without taking thought. Separate the difference. Um, one is operating on a physical reality that you imagine, and the other is operating at the level of absolute truth. So on an energy scale basis, one's operating at 200 or 300, and the other's operating well above you know, 500 on an energy scale. And I, I think your your listeners know what that is. So I hope most of them have listened to the audiobook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> By now. <laughs> basically, basically uh, according to the, the scales, 
above 540, cause and effect starts diminishing. The, the, the reality of cause and effect are, starts diminishing at a high rate, if I were to just sum it up with that idea. So lightning round number two, cause and effect. What is it? How do you apply it? Well, cause and effect is, you know, everything in the material reality that we function in is an effect. There's actually some other reality at which these things exist, but they're manifesting to us as appearances in the realm of effect. And so on the lower scales, uh, energy-wise, I'll use the energy scale again, cause and effect is extremely real below 200 and becomes less so by the time you get to 400 you know, as uh, Dodson says, you're not really being concerned about your sustenance. You know, you don't have unemployment problems at at 400 on the scale. And as you move upwards on the scale, things are provided for you um, because you're abiding in that secret place of the Most High. You programmed yourself to not age. Oh, that was cool. Now you got me excited. Okay. I'm, I'm having a session. I'm working with a client who is also a hypnotherapist. Two things happen in this event. I'm going to try and do it fast because this is the lightning round. Um, I took her, we, we were sharing. Okay. So I took her to, she, she, I asked her, I go, what do you want? She goes, well, I want my, uh, I want to publish my book by January. I kid you not. I kid you not. I took her forward into her future. We planted her book in her future. This is a, a procedure that I use for creating a future reality, okay? And I kid you not, the second we finished, the second we put her uh, book at January 1st, it was October 31st. I'll never forget it. Her phone rang that minute. And guess who's on the other end of the line? Publisher. Exactly. Then uh, we did me. She goes, what do you want? And we were just chatting a bit. And I, you know, I was like, well, I don't know. We got on the subject somehow. She she inadvertently mentioned her age, which I had not. I didn't know what her age was. She said I'm 60 years old. I looked at her and I'm like, there's not a, a chance on earth this woman's a day over 40. So I asked her. I go, how on earth did you? Are are you? You know, you've got the body of a 40 year old. You're awesome. You know. And she, she told me. She said I went to a seminar 20 years ago, and the instructor there told me you don't have to age. I said, how do you do it? She said, I just made a decision not to age. I said, I said, uh, take me there the same way we just did your book. Okay. And she took me out into my future. And this was the specific instruction. I will age. It is, uh, it was October 31st, uh, 2014 or something, right? So I say, uh, it is October 31st, 2024. And I've aged one year. Okay. Now, there, you're not just going to do this. I'd have to get into the details of how you do this procedure. I drop this down into my future, and I kid you not, it hit me like a freight train coming right back into my body. I literally jolted off my chair, and, and, and uh, she was astounded. She was like, wow, I know something just happened to you. And I was like, it hit me like a freight train coming. It's like a, some you know warp field coming back uh, at me. You know, I mean, in terms of this world, you just say, well, Rob, that sounds like an interesting story. And I mean, but I put into my future that I age one year for every 10. And so that's my reality. I've accepted it. That's amazing. Alpha state. Oh, let's uh, let's learn that. Uh, you wrote about that in your book. And so I'm going to share something uh, with everyone here. We call this the learning state. I'm going to show you how to get into alpha like instantaneously. Do you know what I like about alpha? You know, we talked about 
being in a place of non-condemnation, acceptance of your, um, your neighbor as yourself. This is called the learning state. What I want you to do, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to bring your gaze up above the central part of your gaze. I want you to think of what the world looks like to a little kid looking up, because kids are in alpha. That's why they can learn 50 new words in a day. So, And I want you to put your gaze up on the wall, not enough to strain your eyes. Just put your gaze up on the wall and imagine a dot up there. Maybe there's something on the wall, you find a dot, and just gaze at it, just like you're daydreaming. Just stay there for a minute. And while you're there, I want you to take your right hand and bring it up on the side of your head, 180 degrees out. You'll notice if you move that around, you can see way out in your periphery, your vision's really wide while you're staring up at that dot on the wall or that point that you found. I want you to bring up your left hand, and I want you to put it 180 degrees out and just kind of move it back and forth a little bit until you can see it in your field of vision. And you'll know. Now, not everybody can get it 180 I can even go further back behind 180, a little bit. Uh, but you find the sweet spot there. Now, notice what's happening to you right now. Your eyes are still gazed up on the wall there, okay? Your eyes are still gazed up there. I want you to notice that your field of vision has become really wide, right? Big, wide peripheral vision. Open field of vision equals open mind. You're now in alpha. And... You are in a state of non-condemnation. You can't even think of a, of a bad thing and hold it in your mind while you're staying in this state. And so if you want to have a great day, spend it in alpha. If you're just going to be open-minded, people are going to respond to you in a positive way. Now, what's, what's the antithesis of this? Uh, you're sitting at a table with a bunch of friends and everybody's sitting there with their phone down in this tiny little world texting. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, it used to be when we all got together for uh, you know, for a meal or something, we all enjoyed one another. But now everybody's texting and playing with their calendar and doing all this stuff, right? So pull out into that alpha state that puts you in a big, open state of mind where you're thinking big and where all possibilities are available to you. And that is the mind of a child. Unless you have a mind of a child, you know, from a Judeo-Christian background, unless you uh, have the mind of a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so this is one way of just very quickly in the span of 30 seconds being in alpha or in the mind state of a child, at least at some level. So anyways, fun thing to share. Do it. If you've got a kid that's having trouble in school, teach them to do this. You do it when you walk in the classroom, teach them to stare up above the teacher's head. And for about a minute, and then bring it down onto the teacher, make them practice it at home. And then the other uh, thing about it is have them sit on the right-hand side of the classroom so that the teacher is slightly off to their left. And I uh, can pretty much assure you, we've got 20 years of data on this, that their grade point average will go up from one to one and a half letter grades. Uh, take that with you and enjoy it. We're in the middle of a lightning round. Hit your button. Hit your button. That was easy. <laughs> That was that was Perfect. that was a lightning round. That's, we're in the middle of a lightning round. <laughs> Kinesiology. You introduced your members who are working on this scientific program that you've spent twenty five years designing. You introduced them to the pendulum the other day. Yeah, isn't that a blast? I love it. You use a pendulum for all kinds of things. Uh, pendulum kinesiology testing. And so what you know what we're doing is we're using this concept from Hawkins. At least that's one place that you'd find it. 
that the reality of anything that's happened in the past or that's happening in the present tense is available to your mind right now. The author Rupert Sheldrake also talks about this. Consciousness is not local, okay? Um, by the way, you want to see a wonderful lecture, go see Rupert Sheldrake banned TED lecture on YouTube. Awesome. So banned? You're saying stricken? They banned him. Took him off. He's brilliant. Watch it. Talk, consciousness is not local. They banned him from TED, and nobody's ever been banned from TED. This this is a guy you got to listen to. I just love it. He's awesome. But anyways, Say his name again. Rupert Sheldrake. And read any of his books. Sheldrake. All right. Yeah, read, read okay. a little bit about his history. Look him up. It's, uh, it's awesome. But, but anyways, the idea is that anything out there that's already happened is available to your consciousness right now. Right now. All you got to do is tune into it. So from that viewpoint, your, your brain's not a bunch of neurons and circuits that hold memories and ideas. The memories and ideas are things that are in the cloud that you can access if you tune into the right frequency, the right IP address. And so uh, isn't it interesting that our Internet is manifesting the exact thing that we're talking about? The information is available right now, anything. This is the concept. So we're doing that in the room, trying to get the guys to engage in this and approaching it with a scientific kind of an edge. You can do that with a pendulum. You can do it with uh, strength testing and et cetera. And so um, it's a lot of fun. You totally believe in it. Um, I don't. I certainly believe that. Consciousness is not local. Yeah, definitely. That Let's... was easy. <laughs> and, and life is easy when when you believe that consciousness is not local. We're you... in the lightning <laughs> round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Akashic Record. Now, there's one out of left field for you. That's the same thing we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, it's the field. Yeah, the field. It's, what are, your, it's the what cloud. are your thoughts? So you're saying that everything, okay, it's the cloud. There you go. There's the analogy. Yeah. Everything is stamped in there. Yeah. Now, uh, Akashic Record, this is also important when you start talking about, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, this kind of stuff, is cutting those, uh, those ties that you have with all those memories of people, places, things, you know, anything, is cutting the ties. And when you cut the tie, um, when you cut the uh, Aka cord, if you will. It's like a little string that connects you to someone else. And, and you, you know, you cut the cord and you don't have the attachment. You free them. And in the degree that you free them, you free yourself. You Hit your button again. Oh. That was easy. <laughs> hypnosis. Oh, hypnosis. Uh, cool. Okay. There is a state in hypnosis. Most people don't know about it. Most hypnotherapists, many hypnotherapists would be terrified by it, um, called the hypnotic coma. What's a hypnotic coma? It's when you go so deep, you go into such a place of peace and tranquility that you don't want to come out. And if you can go into a hypnotic coma, which I can teach you to do, in fact, I'm going to start teaching people to do this. It's just a passion of mine. But you can find like the ground state of being in there. And you couldn't learn that in 10 years of meditation. You can go there in, in like six minutes using hypnosis. Ooh. That was easy. <laughs> there you six go. Six minutes. Six minutes, your whole life transformed. You go, whoa, I don't even want to come out of that. That's why it scares uh, hypnotists, because if they get somebody who goes into a hypnotic coma, they can't get them out. Why won't they come out? <laughs> because it feels so good. 
Don't that's, do this at home, boys and girls. That's why you can fall in love with uh, with practicing the presence. You're just like you're in the state. It's just like, whoa! Why would I want to do anything else? And then what happens in that state? You just you're just in an utter state of presence, and it's awesome. I I spent years meditating, and when I learned this, I was just like, oh my god, oh my goodness, this is like everything, just in a short period. You know, I'll put my wife in there, you know, walk out of the room. I'll leave her there for 20, 30 minutes. It's like you slept the whole night. Wow. Yeah, it's just awesome. But I, I can't, I, it, and it wouldn't be right for me to teach you to do it. I mean, you could literally, if you go to a hypnotic coma, I mean, you might not get up till eight hours later. You might not come out of it till eight hours later. So it's not something to play with, but, but it's uh, certainly something that can uh, accelerate your process uh, of development and just learning to be present. Yeah, cool. Certainly beneficial to those who want to trade the European Open in oil. Yeah, yeah, all night sleep in 20 minutes. Go in a coma at 10 o'clock, get up at midnight, you're good to go, right? That's all you need, baby. Hit your button. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was easy. We're going to run the batteries out of that thing. Journaling. How do you use journaling in your life? Oh, do you know what, Thomas? I, and I know you journal, too. You uh, wrote about that in your book. Any inspiration that's coming to me, I'm journaling it. I have a little app on my uh, phone. It's called Keep. It's a Google thing. You can get it in the App Store or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure what the equivalent would be for Apple, but um, just anything that comes to mind that is an inspiration or anything. Uh, sometimes I just get into this field of, of, uh, of uh, inspiration. Sometimes someone will uh, ask me a question. A lot of times inspiration comes when I'm walking the dogs, just out there. I just grab my phone, and I, it's nice because I can just dictate into it. And so I, I journal, 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 journal all the time. And uh, a lot of it will never be read again, but it's just that process of doing it that is very, uh, just kind of gets you into that consciousness of, uh, of being inspired. Another one that you practice a lot is the state of acting as if. Yes. And you wrote about that in your book also, which is the same thing as practicing the presence. But basically what you're doing is... Uh, you know, we t- well, we talked in the room today, you know, you, you see somebody at the store and you're like, hey, we're having a get together over at the house. Why don't you come over? Well, I'll try. And that that, of course, jokingly, ha ha ha, means that they won't come because trying is not doing. In fact, trying means not doing. What did and Yoda say? Yoda says, uh, young Skywalker, you know, not try, do. <laughs> you can, you there can, is no try. <laughs> there is no try. Exactly. When you are doing something, if you're not in a state as if it already is, then you're you're trying. And don't try. You gotta do. So be in a state of as if for anything that you're doing or you're sabotaging yourself. And to the degree that you are focused, and, and if that's coming from inspiration, you know, and you're telling that yonder mountain move, it will, to the degree of your ability to you know, encompass that belief, which mine, I, I haven't been successful at moving any mountains, not that I've really tried, but, but over time, you certainly move mountains, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No a, doubt. Okay. We're still in the lightning round for a couple of more questions. One thing that you and I both have stumbled upon and use is heart math. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, um, I picked one up. I, a friend of mine um, had a health problem. Uh, with cancer. And he turned me on to this book called, uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to drop a link. 
Uh, but anyways, he did a demo. This physician did a demonstration of the heart math thing. And what I was interested in it was is the, the graphing function on the computer because he, he brought this lady up for a demonstration and, you know, he, he'd say things to her and then he was show, showing on the graph how her whole state was changing on the graph while he, while he was talking to her about certain things. She, he'd say, well, hey, your husband's coming. And, you know, her whole, she'd get out of confluence, you know, basically. So anyways, I was very interested. So I bought the thing to demonstrate. I was going to use it to demonstrate how your state changes because it's, it, it's cool because it's a scientific approach. And a lot of people understand technology and, you know, quote unquote, scientific approaches to how the state is so important. But what, what the heart math people are doing is they're just teaching you to be in touch with your heart. So you're in a state of, well, what is my heart really feeling right now? Now, the heart itself has 40,000 neurons in it. And it's actually a little brain. I have a wonderful story to tell if you'll give me the time to do it. About, about a, uh, can you give me the time? Okay, check this yeah, out. Absolutely. This is an endearing story to me, but the, the, the subtlety of it is, is not quite on the surface. I'm going to call this story coming home. There was a lady in Texas, I think Dallas, actually. She needed a heart transplant. And she waited for a donor uh, to give her a heart, and they finally found one. And shortly after her recovery period and the rejection and all the stuff and getting everything, getting back to her life, she uh, started having an unceasable uh, desire to drink beer, eat Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, Nuggets, and eat jalapeno, you know, pickled jalapenos, okay, which was a really strange behavior for her. And she became very curious about it. And so she wanted to find out why this was happening to her. So she started reading obituaries about the time that she was uh, given the heart. And that led her to a family. And she actually went and looked them up and I don't know if she banged on the door or whatever, but she ended up at their home talking to them. And sure enough, they confirmed to her that their son, 19 years old, was in a, a fatal traffic accident uh, and they, the heart was stoned. To her, uh, they didn't know it was to her, but anyways, uh, sure enough that he loved uh, eating jalapenos, drinking beer, and he had an addiction for Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets. Now, the wonderful, wonderful story about this is, the wonderful thing about the story to me is that this heart that had lost its body made its way through the donor that it received back to its family that it loved. I just think that's the most awesome story ever. But that is the heart itself is a brain. And the heart sends way more messages to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. And so it's really important to be in tune with that inner part of you. Also the stomach. And if you want, you could look up a lot of research happening in this area with the MWA people and everything else. Uh, there's a nerve that connects the heart and the stomach. I could be wrong on this, but you can look it up. It's called the vagus nerve. And there are ways of stimulating the vagus nerve through a process of Sudarshan yoga, which you could also look up. And in the effort to bring you in touch with your own internal feelings or your own internal child, that child within that leads you to operate from a state of uh, confluence, inspiration and intuition, which is exactly what our subject has been about today. So a wonderful full round. Hey, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now for the softball of all of them. I know you, I know everybody's going to go out and buy an easy button. An easy button. I know. <laughs> I, want, I want one now. <laughs> on Amazon, man. I want one with Morgan Freeman's voice. Oh yeah. Now that would be cool. 
Wouldn't that be? <laughs> he should do that. <laughs> yeah, he should. All right. To wrap this up, to wrap up the lightning round, tell us about you are working on a course now, working by inspiration, but working on a course about removing negative internal dialogue. Tell us what your thought thread is on that. What are you uh, working toward? Okay. Uh, actually, it's all kind of laid out in my mind. Um, basically what we are doing is I'm creating a course for clearing the negative emotions that prevent you from moving forward in your life. You see, if you are carrying negative emotions, unlike the antelope, where you're uh, engaging a reality of fear within your own psyche, then it's almost like you're a, a rocket ship trying to go to the moon and it's got a bunch of rubber bands attached to it, just pulling you back to Earth. You're on a mission to, you know, to Mars or whatever, and, and it's just pulling you back. It's very important to clear out those negative emotions. And so uh, I've designed a, a course for clearing those out and all other negative emotions that you can conceive of and just clear them out. And so depending on you, and it's completely self-driven, you will uh, prioritize, not in a manner dissimilar from what we described earlier. And uh, I provide the uh, list for you to work off of. And uh, you can do these things as like meditations. And you learn in it an important life skill of clearing any problem. I don't care if it's a headache. I just had a repairman come to the house here. He told me he's had a headache for uh, eight months. He's gone to chiropractors. He's gone to neurologists, gone to all kinds of stuff. And we cleared his headache here in about five minutes using this procedure. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, I'm going to be doing some traveling. I got to go to, uh, well, I don't got I don't got anything, but I'll be doing some traveling. And um, I'm hoping are looking forward to after uh, September of uh, having all this come together. When you pull it together, you let me know, and we'll let these people know, all right? Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, I want to get it out there um, because my mission in this respect is just to uh, make the world a better place. And this concludes the lightning round. Hey. <laughs> that was easy. One more time. Rob, thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Thomas. Thanks. Thank and, you very and, much. Uh, really and thank you for having us uh, laugh and, and have a good time doing it. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Take care, my friend. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. I hope that over the course of these three episodes that you've connected with, here's a guy who has really applied spiritual principles and made them a priority in his secular life you know rob isn't out there preaching to the world he's just out there living life and as he lives that life it just drips out and if you cross his path or if you involve yourself with him you're going to be exposed to it and that's the true essence of just living your life as a light as a beacon and letting other people and drawing other people in to who you are and how it's working for you beautifully and you notice how also how just relaxed he is in his conversation so i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did bringing it to you thank you very much for listening to the three-part series and if it has made a difference for you why not hit the tip jar go to subconsciousmindmastery.com forward slash donation and leave a donation of your choosing Maybe match what you would spend at Starbucks today. How about that? Start with that, even that little. Thank you for listening. As we always say, and as you think about some of the things you've heard over these three episodes, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. 
If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.